Hello and welcome to the final installment of Painting the Corners Top 10 Right Now series. We are going to the backstops today, top 10 catchers in baseball, a position that has been pretty much JT Real Mutos uh, with a little bit of Yasmani Grandal mixed in over the last few years. But lots of uh, up and coming names, obviously Adley Rutschman with a huge debut season last year, Alejandro Kirk for the Blue Jays, Sean Murphy traded to the Braves, all guys who have moved up this list from past years. Definitely excited. So without further ado, let's get into the top 10 catchers right now. you touched on some of the guys in your intro there but I also thought it was interesting how there was a couple of teams who had multiple guys under consideration for this top 10 list Mm -hmm. then you have some teams who we didn't even remotely have guys a singular guy considered and that made it kind of difficult for me I know you talked about Sean Murphy and he has a teammate in Travis Darno who is a very good catcher and how do you weight that? You know, they're not going to have a 50-50 split, obviously. They just extended Murphy. They're paying him a lot of money. They gave up a lot of prospect capital. So I found it difficult to to look at a guy like Travis Darno and really value what he's going to do going into 2023. Um, and same with the Blue Jays catching situation. You know, they made it a little bit easier by trading away their top prospect, Gabriel Moreno, to the Diamondbacks. But at the same time, they still have two very, very good catchers in Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing. How do you weigh the catcher position, one of which guys never play 150 games? Absolutely. The two-player per team thing is definitely weird. I haven't seen that at all in any other position besides the pitchers. And also, I thought MLB Network left off a few guys that really should have been considered for this list, chief among them Jonah Heim of the Rangers had a really nice breakout season last year. So I thought he definitely should be considered MJ Melendez of the Royals kind of half catcher, half outfielder, but he played a lot of his games at catcher. So he should be considered in my book, made his debut last year. Yeah. A few guys that, you know, MLB network didn't have on their list of candidates who I thought should have been in consideration. Yeah. And I don't disagree with you there, Johnny. And I didn't consider either of those guys that you just mentioned for the reason that MLB Network didn't consider them. And I can't say that I would have had MJ Melendez. I can probably confidently say I wouldn't because of that time he's going to spend in the outfield. But I will say with Jonah Heim, when I was looking at stats and stuff like that, he definitely would have been in consideration for some of those final few spots on my list. Not sure if he would have made it or not, but again, I didn't consider him given MLB Network's list of guys that they were considering. So that definitely made it our list probably slightly different. I know you considered a couple of those guys, but at the end of the day, we're going to have slightly different lists for that reason, but I don't think they'll be too, too far off in terms of overall players making the top 10. No, probably not. So without further ado, do you want to get into your top 10? Yes, sir. I will dive deep into mine here. And this is something that I spent a lot of time with. I feel like at some point as I was going through the first seven or eight guys, Johnny, I, I felt pretty confident with how it was going. And then I got to 9, 10, and 11. And it was really difficult for a lot of different reasons. But I ended up coming at a consensus here with myself. And with that said, coming in at number 10, a guy that I mentioned earlier being a catcher split guy, and that is Travis Darno of the Atlanta Braves. Very, very difficult guy to put on this list for me. 
I think if he was going to be the main catcher in Atlanta, he's a surefire guy who should be on this list, and there's no doubt about it. But knowing the situation with Sean Murphy, it was really difficult for me to say, yeah, this guy going into 2023, his age 35, 36 season, he is a for sure fire top 10 catcher in baseball. But knowing that he'll probably see some time at the designated hitter position, knowing that he's still going to be able to put some value behind the plate because defensively, Johnny, he's still a very good defender. He came in at number 10. At number nine, a guy who he was teammates with last year, who is now the Milwaukee Brewers catcher, and that is William Contreras. Another tough guy to rank because there's a lot to like and then a lot to dislike about Contreras. You know, he is a guy who hits the ball really hard. He put together a really good season production-wise last year, a 121 WRC+, 10% walk rate, which is something you love to see, and then he threw in a 28% strikeout rate and not very good defense behind the plate. The reason I put him on my top 10 list and I felt comfortable doing so is because going into 2023, I feel like he's a guy who's going to project to continue to grow and the offense is there. And as long as the the walk rate stays up and the hard hit percentage stays up, he's going to be a guy who at least has a good offensive floor. And you always project young guys to ideally get better defensively. So this is a projection play with Contreras, but I had him at number nine. At number eight, a guy who I thought was a lot better than he was, but I think it's a little bit because of his playoff heroics last year and the season heroics as well, and that is Cal Raleigh of the Seattle Mariners coming in at number eight. You know, he was a guy who, again, probably could have missed my list. There's a lot of things to not like about Cal Raleigh. Over the last two years, he had a 30% strikeout rate, matched with an average walk rate of 8%, not an elite hitter by any means, but it's tough to overlook what he did do last year. And last year alone, Cal Raleigh was fourth amongst all catchers in war at 4.2. He still had the high strikeout rate, but the WRC Plus found himself at a 121 low BABIP. But it's kind of explained by the fact that he is a not a complete that. No, he is this guy who sells out for, for the home run. And a guy who does hit a lot of home runs at the catcher position is no doubt valuable. So I found him on my list at number eight. Coming in at number seven. And this was something that definitely surprised me. And that is Wilson Contreras, the new St. Louis Cardinals catcher. You know, there's, again, a lot to like about Wilson Contreras, but the guys ahead of him, I think, are just really, really good hitters. Contreras isn't an elite defender by any means. And quite honestly, the last couple years, he's just been a good hitter. 121 WRC plus over the last two years. 10% walk rate, which is something you like to see. But with Contreras, he put 3.3 war up last year, 2.2 the year before. It's not like he's had some elite defensive or excuse me elite season behind the plate putting it all together over the last two years he's just been really solid so for those reasons Wilson Contreras comes in at number seven at number six another guy who splits time behind the plate and I really was struggling with myself to put him above Wilson Contreras because in my mind and my heart I'm saying Wilson Contreras is the guy but Danny Jansen my goodness talk about a guy who can really really hit the ball and not only can he hit, listen to this. Last year, Danny Jansen led everyone that we're considering in WRC Plus at 140. Granted, it was only in 72 games played, but I say only 72 games played at 140 WRC Plus. A lot of guys who we consider pretty good hitters maybe only do that once or twice over a couple year span. So Danny Jansen did something pretty unbelievable. And he put together that 140 WRC Plus with a BABIP at 255. So not saying that he's necessarily due for a ton of, of offensive help given a lowerish Babbitt, but it's not like he had some extremely lucky Babbitt numbers. And with the offensive profile, Danny Jansen, 
And he doesn't provide negative value on the defensive end of things. Actually, he provides somewhat of a positive value on like Contreras, who's been negative the last two years. I don't know. Danny Jansen might be aggressive, and I may not love my selection there, but he comes in at number six. At number five, another tandem guy, and this is Sean Murphy over there in Atlanta, the guy who got recently extended. And honestly, this guy is probably the best defensive catcher that made my list, you know, probably second best that I considered. Sean Murphy, what a guy, what a player. You know, the offensive profile over the last two years may not be the same as some of the guys that he's ahead of, but like I said, the defense is elite, elite, elite. 8.4 war over the last two years. And not to shake a stick at the offense, because last year, if we were looking at Sean Murphy, he had 122 WRC+, plus, 20% K rate, 9% walk rate, all solid numbers there. And like I mentioned, defense carries with Sean Murphy. A lot, a lot to love there. So he comes in at number five. At number four, an offensive profile to dream about. And that is Alejandro Kirk in Toronto. Just listen to this. Over the last two years, he has an 11.2% walk rate and 11% K rate. So his walk rate over the last two years has been higher than his K rate. He pairs that with a 45% hard hit rate. And when you pair all three of those things together, holy smokes, is this guy something special at the plate. Behind the plate, defensively, he provides positive value. I'd love for him to get a little bit more playing time, and I hope he will, but it's tough when you have him and Danny Jansen there, so hopefully those two guys can find some more time playing time-wise uh, at the designated hitter position. But wow, I mean, my goodness, Alejandro Kirk, even last year, 129 WRC+, plus, 11.6% walk rate and a 10.7% K rate, so it's getting even better. A lot to love there with Alejandro Kirk. And then here we go at the top three, and this Top three was pretty easy in terms of the guys who made it, but the order was a little bit more difficult. And coming in at number three for me was the rookie, Adley Rutschman. And holy smokes, did he have quite the unbelievable rookie season, posting a 13% walk rate and a 470 plate appearances, pairing that with an 18% K rate, 133 WRC+. The hard hit rate's a little low, but you know he's a rookie. I'm not going to look too much into that. And a really, really good defensive catcher at that, putting together a 5.3 war in his rookie season. So Adley Rutschman coming in at number three. At number two, probably my favorite hitting guy at this entire position, and that is Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. What an elite hitter, and I'll get more into him as we kind of talk about Johnny and I's consensus list. But man, genuinely think this is the best hitting catcher in baseball. And I have the numbers to prove it. And coming in at number one, I don't really think there's too much of a debate here this year. Next year, I think there could be with Adley. But JT Realmuto, just a complete player. Elite, elite, elite defender. Elite, elite, elite base runner. No one else at the catching position can say that. And he's just a great hitter. 8% walk rate, 22% K rate. It's nothing insane, but he put together 118 WRC plus over the last two years. Hits the ball really hard. I don't really think there's too much of a debate at number one, but I guess we'll have to see if Johnny agrees with my top 10 list right now. <laughs> we will see about that. We will see about that. All right. Interesting list. We've got, let's see, we've got two Blue Jays. We got two Braves. We've got two Contreras brothers. Quite a, uh, quite a list. All right. Starting off for me at number 10, and it is, in fact, someone who you do not have on your list, someone who you did not consider, Jonah Heim coming in at number 10. And if you're looking at his kind of, you know, baseball card stats, back of the baseball card stats, you would not be very impressed. Uh, last year, you're talking about a 227 batting average, 16 homers, you know, nothing special. Even when you compare that to league average, that just comes out to a 99 WRC plus. So he was essentially a league average hitter. 
last year. And so you're probably wondering why the heck I have him on my list here. And that all comes down to A, his defense, and B, his kind of peripherals on the offense. So he does run a strong walk rate at 9.1%, K rate a little below average, as in above average, good K rate at 19.3%. And his BABIP was, was really low at 249. So he should be due for a little bit of positive regression there. But what really carries him is the defense. He came out as top five defender at the catcher position. Also, another thing you have to consider for catchers is that 99 WRC plus that compares to all other hitters. And when you're just looking at catchers, the average is about 90. So getting even quote unquote league average production out of your catcher is actually well above average for that position. So that's definitely another thing to consider to make that offensive profile a little more impressive because obviously catchers these days have so much to worry about with all the signs and the sequencing and uh, having to know so much about each and every hitter. So they can't focus on their offense as much. But anyway, long-winded way of saying that I valued Himes' defense a lot. I valued defense at the catcher position a lot in general because I think that it's probably at this day and age in Major League Baseball the most defensive-minded position on the diamond. That may change, of course, in a couple years when we get the automated strike zone, but we will see about that. Okay, moving on to number nine. An even more glove-first guy. This guy came in 42nd in offense because I considered about 56 guys, basically everyone who was going to catch at all next year. He came in 42nd on offense and number one overall in defense, and that is Jose Trevino of the New York Yankees. Um, Gold Glove Award winner, most deservedly so. And, I mean, you can't say enough about his defense. Framing, blocking, throwing guys out. He was just the complete package last year. Um, really broke out after his trade from the Yanke- from the uh, Rangers to the Yankees, which incidentally kind of opened up the starting job for Jonah Heim. But yeah, lots to be impressed about by Trevino. He also paired that with a 91 WRC+. Plus. So again, you know, below average overall, but that's about in line with the average catcher these days. And then when you pair that with the absolutely elite, elite defense, That was enough for him to sneak into the back half of my list at number nine. At number eight, a guy that you valued a little bit higher than I did, um, and that is Danny Jansen. He came in fourth best overall on offense and middle of the pack in defense. The thing that really hurt him was the lack of playing time, which you mentioned it, only 70-something games last year, and he's splitting time with Alejandro Kirk, so we can't project too many more at-bats this year. But man, when he's on the field, as you said, that 140 WRC plus blows everybody else out of the water. It's not even close. So to have that kind of offensive firepower, he couldn't miss the list. I thought eight was a fair spot, maybe a tad low. I know know you had him a couple spots higher at number six, but I have Danny Jansen coming in at number eight. At number seven, I have Cal Raleigh of the Seattle Mariners, big dumper, as they call him, had the clutch home run to send the Mariners to the postseason. Of course, came up with a few clutch hits in that wild card series against the Blue Jays. Just a well-rounded guy. His defense is actually really good. Another top five defender at the position by DRS over the last few years. And the offense has come around last year. He's got that home run power, as you mentioned. Coming in at number six of the St. Louis Cardinals, their new catcher, Wilson Contreras. One spot higher than you had him. And yeah, I agree. I thought he was going to be top five for sure, kind of a lock at that spot. 
but he fell to number six for me. Another guy, middle of the pack on defense, very solid offensively, but since catching is so defensive-minded these days, you really want somebody who's going to be able to call a solid game. Remember from our trade deadline episode, actually, we were talking about how the Astros were reluctant to trade for Contreras because they didn't believe in his game-calling ability, so they decided not to trade for him, stuck with their internal options, and all they did was win the World Series. So that goes to goes to show you that they they certainly value that that game calling ability even though their catcher Martin Maldonado had a batting average under 200 last year. Okay, into the top 5 and at number 5 right where you had him, I've got Sean Murphy, now of the Atlanta Braves, formerly an Athletic, very solid again, all-around guy, 8th on offense, 11th on defense out of my sample here, and another guy that you can really just project to improve. He's gotten better each year he's been in the big leagues, and the Braves have already locked him up to a big extension, so they certainly believe in Murphy. Moving on to number four, again, in agreement, we've got Alejandro Kirk of the Blue Jays. Uh, you touched on that, just the awesome offensive profile. Walks more than he strikes out with some power as well. And then we get into the top three, and uh, I think you're going to have a big problem with my top three, because at number three... I have JT Realmuto. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. You're going to lay into me. I had him as not quite as elite at the top, as the top two guys in offense. I had him at fifth overall in offense. And I actually had him as eighth overall on defense. Now, granted, this is out of, you know, 55 guys. So eight is, is still good. But when you're looking at DRS over the last few years, and also you'll notice we're talking about DRS and not OAA. And that's because OAA does not exist for catchers since they don't really move. It's hard for a a stat like that to capture their value. So DRS includes a lot of different points. Framing is a part of it. Blocking is a part of it. Throwing out runners is a part of it. So that is what we use for catchers. And if you're looking at JT Realmuto, he was actually minus one in 2020, zero in 2021, and plus 11 this past year. So obviously the plus 11 is big. But when you're comparing him to a guy like Will Smith, he was minus two in 2020, plus five in 2021, and plus seven in this past year. So that's a what plus 10 overall. Realmuto also exactly plus 10 overall. So you're not really seeing a big gap there. You're not seeing any gap at all if you're looking at DRS. And that's why even though we think of Realmuto as this elite, elite catcher, the stats don't really say that he's blowing everyone else out of the water. And then when you combine that with the offense, you know, if you're looking at Smith versus Real Muto, we can get into it a little bit more later, but just looking at the WRC plus, it's a, it's a pretty clear edge for Smith. So I'm sure we'll have to debate that next, but at number two, I do have Will Smith. And that means at number one, I've got Adley Rutschman. I know it's going to be bold coming in for his first year in the show. But man, you cannot ignore that. He had a plus 10 DRS in just last year alone. Combine that with the offense. He's the whole package. And I know we're going to we're going to debate that. But I've got Adley Rutschman as my number one catcher going into the 2023 season. Yeah, we definitely will be debating some of the valuations that you have there. But it wouldn't be a, a fun episode if we were exactly the same. So I guess we'll exactly. dive into that when it comes time. So I'm kind of curious, Johnny. Who are some of the guys that just missed for you? Because 
There was probably two guys that I think had somewhat of an argument for me that, that just missed. Yeah, I've got three, I would say. Darno, I had at 11. Christian Vasquez, I had at 12. And Sal Perez, I had at 13. All those guys I could consider moving in. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, I just had Jose Trevino just missing for me as well. And another guy that I actually considered that you didn't mention was Tyler Stevenson of the Cincinnati Reds. But, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of luck involved with that guy and not a lot of volume. So I, I think that was kind of an easy decision to keep him off. But yeah, I think that's someone who we should at least talk about who had 117 WRC plus over the last two years. That's not anything to look the other way. But um, like I said, extremely lucky. So not projecting that he will do that again. Our top eight guys are all the same. You know, we got the same top eight in different orders. And then our nine and tens are all different. So we've got four guys for two spots, plus maybe somebody who both who missed both of our lists. We've got Trevino, William Contreras, Jonah Heim, and Travis Darno. You want to make your case for your two guys? Yeah, so let me start off with Travis Darno here. And I had him bouncing in and off the list a couple times. And at one point, I even had him at number nine. And, and, and there's been some moving around with, with Travis. And a big thing with him is, like I mentioned when I was talking about him, if he was going to be the main catcher, I'm pretty sure that he's a top 10 catcher. I mean, you look at the stats last year for Travis Darno. He put together an 120 WRC+. Plus. 3.9 more. He's a positive defender. I don't know. The The biggest knock that you have on Travis Sonar is he just doesn't walk. Like, the dude cannot walk to save his life. He walked at a 4.5% clip last year, and it really wasn't too much better two years ago. But he's he's a pretty good hitter, and at the catcher position where hitting is super valuable, especially when you put together some positive defense behind that. Like I said, do you think, given the fact that he's not the lead catcher there anymore. But if he was, Johnny, do you think he would have been top 10 for you? Yeah, I think so. The lack of volume definitely hurts him when compared with a guy like Murphy, who's been the number one guy in Oakland. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what the issue was I had with Darno. And then to kind of bounce onto William Contreras here. And I, I'm going to fight a little bit for Contreras, and, and I have a pretty strong argument for him. I agree that he is not a good defensive catcher, and I mentioned that earlier. But offensively, he was second amongst all guys that I considered in WRC plus last year, only behind Danny Jansen. He had 138 WRC plus. So there's some offensive prowess there. Clearly he ran a little bit high of a bad bit. So you can assume that's going to come down, but I don't think it's going to come down to the point where he's a bad hitter. I think he's going to be a good hitter. He's going to put himself at a good floor when he walks at 10% of the time, the strikeout rate at 27%, you know, that's high, but he was also a rookie. So you can see that coming down as well. And if I'm looking into the future, right? We're trying to project the top 10 catchers in 2023. He's a guy that I really, really like. And I think that, like I said earlier, defense is something that can be improved upon a lot easier than offense, especially at the catcher position, in my opinion. I feel like if the Brewers can work with Contreras, I mean, he's going to get the everyday share there now, right behind the plate. I'm interested to see what he does next year. So this is definitely a play on, I like what he can bring going into the future. So that's kind of my argument for those two guys. Uh, Trevino just missed my list. Like I said, the offense is horrible. And I know you were talking about 90 being average, but two years ago, Trevino was just terrible offensively. And last year, he really wasn't great. So that's why he missed for me, even with the elite, elite, elite defense. All right. So of your two guys, I would say I probably prefer Darno because I had him at 11. I actually had Contreras all the way down at like 17 
he did have seventh best offense. I, we know that, you know, offense is good. And that walk rate definitely props it up, as you were saying. But, you know, when you say bad defense, I don't think that completely encapsulates how bad. He was 53rd out of 55 or 56 in my sample here. Minus 11 DRS over the last two years. That's like really bad. That's that's like taking serious value away from your profile when you're that bad. So that combined with the fact that, you know, he's still pretty young and hasn't really shown consistency yet. That was why he missed my list. I'm going to stick to my argument for Trevino because you didn't even consider Heim. So I'm not really, I don't know, probably better if we just stick to guys who we both actually considered. So yeah, for Trevino, I already kind of mentioned it. It's just how much you value that defense. And since catching is so defensive minded now, I think you can get away with a guy who has a 90 or even 85 WRC plus next year. Um, let's look at the projections, actually. Let's see what they have him for. Um, Jose Trevino. Yeah, they have him projected for a 90 WRC plus, which, again, is about average for catchers. So if you pair that with the number one overall defense at your position, um, when it's this kind of a defensive-minded position, I think that's enough to sneak into a list. Yeah, and I think it's a fair argument for Trevino. I wish that they had included Jonah Hine because I would have loved to, to see where he would have fallen on my list. But yeah, Trevino, it's so tough, man, because I just the offense is really bad. But yeah, I think I think I can come to consensus with you that we can put Trevino and Darno at that nine ten spot. Contreras, I think I'm definitely a little bit, probably too high on, but I love offense a little bit. I definitely weighed offense more than you than you did, and in, in my opinion, I do think you're weighing defense too highly. But that's just a pure evaluation perspective from difference of opinion there. Um, so that's just gonna be what it is, but. Yeah, I think we just got to figure out who we like more in Trevino and Darno. So, is there any way I can get Darno ahead of Trevino? Is that anything I can get out of you? Yeah, I mean, you can probably convince me. He's not. I like Darno as a player. He had that really good year a couple of years ago, and he's just a more kind of well balanced player. He's not going to be elite, elite on offense or elite, elite on defense, but he's a consistent presence. He's had more sustained success than Trevino, whose only good year really was last year. So I think I'm fine with putting Darno at 9 and Trevino at 10. Sounds good. And that is not to say that I think Darno is number 9. I, I don't think he's number 9, but I think given Trevino being on the list, that puts him there. So the next thing I got to hear from you, Johnny, and I'm a little bit surprised out of this, but I'm guessing, again, it has to do with his defensive volume. Cal Raleigh over Danny Jansen, because I had Jansen two spots ahead of Raleigh, and you had him you had Raleigh only one spot ahead of Jansen, but I think Jansen's pretty clearly a better player. But I'd love to hear your argument here for Cal Raleigh. Well, he is clearly a better offensive player. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, it's the defense and the volume for sure. Uh, he has not played very much due to injury and also due to being the backup to Kirk uh, over the last few years. And also, when you're looking at the defense, Cal Raleigh came in at number five and Jansen at number 25, which is about middle of the pack. Cal Raleigh was plus 14 DRS last year. Really, really, really good. And our boy Danny Jansen was plus five, which is good, but not spectacular. And he was also minus four and zero the two years before that. So that definitely hurts him a bit. The volume hurts him a bit. I think Raleigh, he might not profile as like, you know, as consistent of a hitter as Jansen, but having that home run power is big. 
I think these guys are fairly close. I would be fine having them within one spot of each other in either order. So if you're if you're feeling very high on Jansen and it seems like you are, I would probably be okay with moving him in front of Raleigh. Okay, yeah, and honestly, like I think Jansen has shown the improvement on defense. You kind of alluded to it or mentioned it earlier, and I like that aspect of him. I think that he's going to be someone that can project to continually improve on that end. And the hitting's just there, and we talked about it earlier. Next year, the Bad X has him at 120 WRC+. Plus. Uh, this is projection system-wise, guys, and Raleigh at 102. So, again, the, the defense for Raleigh is the only reason that he has a projected higher war at .3 next year. Because, like you mentioned, the defense is really, really good with Raleigh, and it's above average with Jansen, at least, if you're looking at last year alone. So, yeah, I just, I really do like Jansen, and I think someone that I do have to mention before we officially do this is I had Contreras below Jansen, and I debated those two for a long time, and I already don't like that I have that. And so for the, for that reason, I'm good with putting Jansen behind Contreras, and we can figure out the Contreras thing in a bit. But yeah, if you're good with it, I'd love to put Jansen ahead of, ahead of Raleigh here. All right, so that'll be Raleigh at 8, Jansen at 7. Yep, and then that leaves Wilson Contreras. So... I'll quickly kind of defend my positioning here, and then I'll concede that he is probably number six, because I know you had Contreras at number six. But the reason is just because I don't think Contreras is a good defensive catcher. I think the stats kind of show that. And I think Jansen's a better hitter, but at the end of the day, volume and workload with Contreras, he's kind of an overall package, whereas Jansen, we're still waiting for him to maybe do what Contreras has done for as long of a time. So Definitely. I mean, he's not bad, I don't think, at catcher. He was plus one, plus eight, minus one over the last three years. That plus eight in 2021 maybe was a bit of an outlier. But, you know, other than that, he's he's basically an average defensive catcher by DRS. He has a great arm, of course. So, yeah, I know. I'm, I think what really carries him is just the fact that he has been the guy in Chicago for his whole career. He's propped up that pitching staff, and I think that's worth a little bit from the catching position. Yeah, I agree with you there. I might have been a little bit too high on Jansen for sure. So let's put it this way. We have Contreras at six. We know we have Murphy at five and Kirk at four. So we could quickly skip over Murphy and Kirk. But I am actually honestly a little surprised. I thought that I might be the high guy here on Kirk. Um, So I was very happy to hear you have him ahead of Murphy. Just in a quick synopsis, why did you like Kirk over Murphy? Because I'm sure we had similar reasoning. Yeah, they were... Pretty similar on defense, actually very similar, 12th and 11th. And the big separator was the offense. I mean, Kirk, that offensive profile is something that you really never see from a catcher. It's like almost, you know, vintage Buster Posey type stuff. He's going to hit you 20 home runs a year. He's going to walk a lot. He's not going to strike out a lot. He's going to put the ball in play. It's it's exactly what you want to see. And Murphy, he's more of a kind of traditional 21st century catcher. He's not going to hit for a high average but he's going to bop you some home runs and he's going to make up the value on his defensive end. So yeah, they're very close for sure. But I had Murphy, uh, excuse me, I had Kirk edging out Murphy. A lot of kumbaya. We were able to kind of come to some consensus here, 10 through four in that range. But now here comes a little bit of a bloodbath. And I'm not even going to give you a chance to defend yours pick just yet. I will give you a chance, of course. But I have to pick apart something that you said in the intro, why you had JT Romuto at number three. And you said that there was not much of a separator between these guys because of Real Muto's lack of defense. And you didn't feel like there was a big offensive gap, so therefore Real Muto had no edge necessarily over Smith and Rutschman going forward. But can I point out the fact that last year, and this is in basically the same amount of games played, Real Muto played 139 games and Will Smith played 137. And I like Will Smith a ton. I said that early on. 
JT Real Muso put six and a half war up. Will Smith put up 3.9. That's not even remotely close. JT Real Muto let all of catchers in war in 6.5. And the argument for Adley Rutschman over Real Muto, okay, you know, that's projecting for sure. Real Muto had the 6.5 war, like I mentioned, and Rutschman put up 5.3 in 26 less games. So, you know, in some certain world, is that acceptable in my mind? Maybe, for sure. But come on, Johnny. JT Real Muto, man. This guy is a complete package. Six and a half war from the catch position is really freaking good. And I think that to put him at number three, ah, I don't know. Tough pill for me to swallow. All right. I hear what you're saying about this with the war. But let me break it down into just some simple offense and defense. You're looking at last year. You've got JT Real Muto with a 128 WRC+. plus. Absolutely fantastic. Will Smith. 127 statistically identical you know the difference of that is one blue pit dropping in in august so offense they're pretty much equal i'm looking at defense last year plus seven drs for will smith plus 11 for real muto in a few more innings so you know a slight edge to real muto but not two war or three war whatever you said the difference was so I don't know where that huge difference is coming up. Now, you did mention that Real Muto is a great base runner. I will grant you that. He was like plus six and a half base running runs last year, and Will Smith was definitely not. But I don't think that is close to making up that difference. And that's just last year. If I'm looking at the year before, I've only got Real Muto for a 108 WRC plus and Will Smith for a 130. And that's a pretty significant difference. 130 is, is pretty huge from the catcher position. Furthermore, if I look at the projection systems, they've got Real Muto for a 112 WRC plus next year, the bat X, and they've got Will Smith for a 130. So that's pretty huge. That's why I had to put Smith over Real Muto. Okay. And, you know, I will not agree with you on this, (laughs) but I can see a workaround argument here for that. And the reality is, like, I can see, like, a one-way argument for Rutschman, too. But then, I guess, more so than Rutschman over Real Muto, where was the argument for Rutschman over Will Smith? Because a lot of what you said right there um, leads me to believe that you would like Will Smith over Adley Rutschman. However, you don't have Will Smith over Adley Rutschman. Well, I will say that it was very close at the top. But let's break it down with Adley here. Last year, WRC plus 133. Outstanding, just a hair better than Will Smith. And he was actually plus five on base running, so he was kind of on par with Real Muto there. And this is where kind of the just offensive profile itself comes out. Will Smith is great. I mean, walks almost 10% of the time, strikes out only 17. But Rutschman with that 14% walk rate, that's up there like elite, elite. You know, you're getting into Aaron Judge territory at 14% walk rate, that's a serious boost to your OBP. And the projection systems love that because walking doesn't slump. You're never going to just run out of walks. The walks always fall into the outfield for hits, um, unlike the line drives and the ground balls. So that's probably why his projections are really good. If I'm looking here, yeah, 130 WRC plus exactly the same as Will Smith. So on offense, I've got them pretty much on par. And then the defense, though, Last year, we were talking about Real Muto's plus 11 as being great. Try on plus 18 for Adley Rutschman in only 762 innings. I know it's a small sample, but man, I mean, that defense is legit. 
and that was enough to put him over Smith, even without the volume over the last few years that Smith has. Yeah, I, I guess that's a little surprising to me that your system was able to get Rutschman over the hump of both of those guys, given volume and, and everything, and given how similar he is to Will Smith. And, and I guess, again, you know, I figured seeing your list that you weighed defense really, really high. And I don't have an issue with weighing defense high at a position. I did as well. Yeah, man, I don't exactly know how we're going to come to consensus on this. Are you feeling pretty confident with your top three still? Okay, I will, I will grant you this. I will grant you that I don't think DRS is really capturing all of JT Real Muto's defensive value. I think his ability to throw out base runners is absolutely unparalleled in Major League Baseball today. And I think DRS is not really capturing that. So I think he was a little undervalued on my list, and I would be okay putting Real Muto above Smith. I do, however, feel confident about Adley being number one. Even with the lack of playing time? I mean, I, I love Rutschman, and I said it earlier. I think he's probably going to be number one next year by the time we do this. But it's really difficult for me to stomach putting a rookie at number one over a guy like JT Real Muto and even Will Smith to the, to the same extent, who have both done this not just for the last two years, in Will Smith's case, probably for the last three or four, and Real Muto's done this for a long time, without really showing signs of slowing down yet. I don't know. That's where I really just have an issue with it. And I love Rutschman. I really, really do. So next year, you would you would rather have Real Muto on your team than Rutschman if you were having a draft for next year? For, for next year, I would, yeah, because Real Muto's done this for a very long time. And Rutschman had an insane rookie season, and we loved him as a prospect. But how many times have guys had, you know, a tough first half of their sophomore slump? We've heard it a million times. There's no guarantees. Like, I feel like we have a guarantee with Real Muto and Will Smith. That's true. That's true. I will say there was a guy up here not too long ago who seemed like a pretty solid guarantee who completely fell off the face of the earth the last two years. And that's Yasmani Grandal. He was a perennial one-two up here with Real Muto for three or four or five years. And then... Boy, the last two years, he's been terrible. No, Grendel, that's that's just a crazy story with Grendel because like you said, it was such a debate with him and Real Muto for so long on these lists of one and two. Yeah, it's kind of shocking, really, that he's not even close to being considered. So, Johnny, any chance, and you kind of argued a little bit for the overall scope of JT Real Muto, that he's the base runner, he's the defender, he's the... The whole package defensively, not just because of the pretty solid defense, but he's he's got the arm to throw guys out. We know the hitter that he is. Can I get him at number one? And if so, if so, I'll give you Adley Rushman at number two. <sighs> okay, well, I've I've kind of argued myself into Real Muto over Smith, which you have. So I guess it's not too much of a stretch to put Real Muto at one if I'm considering the fact that Rutschman just debuted doesn't have that that track record to back him up man I really like that ceiling from Rutschman and I'm gonna make you eat your words if he dominates this year but all right I'll take real Muto at one if I can have Adley at two all righty that is what I like to hear so to quickly give our overview of our list here now we got JT real Muto at number one Adley Rutschman coming in at number two Will Smith following at number three that's a pretty elite top three right there Moving into number four, we have Alejandro Kirk. At at five, we have Sean Murphy. At number six, we have Wilson Contreras. And at number seven, Danny Jansen. Following him, at number eight, Cal Raleigh. 
Travis Darno at number nine, and Jose Trevino, the defensive wizard, at number 10. So how does that list, Johnny, compared to MLB Network's top 10 right now? Let's find out. And at number 10, a guy that I mentioned as someone who I thought we should at least give a little bit of consideration to, though he's not a top 10 catcher in either of our eyes, and that is Tyler Stevenson of the Cincinnati Reds. Thoughts on that one, Johnny? I do not love this one at all. I had Stevenson down in the 15, 16, 17 range. He's not an elite hitter, and he's a really bad defender. I don't love this one. As you mentioned, he's been running some pretty high BABIPs due for some regression, and also just the fact that he plays in Great American Ballpark, that sandbox of a, of a park, definitely inflates his offensive numbers to a certain extent. So I didn't really seriously consider him for the top 10. Yeah, you said some pretty high BABIPs. He ran a 409 BABIP last year in 183 Jeez. plate appearances. Not a massive sample size, but that's, that's, that's pretty high, even for 180 at-bats. So, yeah. Tyler Stevenson, definitely not a top 10 catcher in either of our eyes. At number nine, uh, only one spot off of where you had him, but I feel like this is pretty low, Johnny. That's Danny Jansen. Mm, Yeah, that is pretty low. You had him at number six. We conceded uh, together to put him at number seven. Yeah, nine is a bit low. I mean, I guess they're just penalizing him for not being the primary guy in Toronto. Yeah, that, that feels pretty low. Yeah, and I would agree with you on your argument that Maybe it's because he's a split guy and he splits time. But I'm going to read you number eight and number seven holistically here because number eight, I don't get it all. And number seven is a guy who also splits time, who we had coming in at number 10 on our list. So at number eight, they had Salvador Perez. And at number seven was Travis Darno. What is this? The like 2017 top catchers list? Yeah, I know. I mean, Salvador Perez, I know you said you considered him. I did not. I don't think Salvador Perez is anywhere near a top 10 catcher list anymore. I think that dude's fallen off. Um, I know he hits the ball hard and all that stuff, but my goodness, uh, number eight is blasphemy. Not to sound weird, but my gosh, blasphemy. I mean, come on, number eight. And then Travis Darno at number seven ahead of Danny Jansen. Where's the argument behind that one? I don't even. I mean, Jansen is another stratosphere offensively compared to Darno. That's a tough one. And following that up at number six, the guy who we had at a consensus number four, Johnny, that's Alejandro Kurt coming all the way down to number six. They're kidding me with this. I know. I agree with you because at number five is Wilson Contreras of the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't think five sounds crazy, but given the fact that he's ahead of Alejandro Kirk, that's the crazy part. Yeah. So following suit there, fortunately, they did keep our top three together in some order because at number four, they have Sean Murphy. Again, I don't think that's crazy. Just don't think he's two spots ahead of Alejandro Kirk. But like I mentioned, our top three here, this is going to be a fun one to kind of go through. Uh, Already given our, our fruitful discussion about it earlier, because at number three, Johnny, your boy, Adley Rutschman. Mm. yeah so i'm looking here they've got your top three exactly they do they've got they've got real mutual one smith two rutschman three you gave your reasons i get it i get it hadley hasn't played that much but man he was so good you know it's it's not the worst top three it's not the worst no it's not the worst top three at all i would argue however that they're four through ten might be up there as one of the worst we've seen. Do you feel similarly with me on that? Yeah, I mean, Kirk at six is really poor. Darno at seven is bad. Perez on the list is one of the worst decisions up there with Stevenson there. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's the worst. I think there were some pretty bad ones. 
but yeah, it's it's not great either. Yep, I completely agree with you on that, Johnny. With all of that said, though, man, this is it. This is our top 10 lists all the way from the relief pitchers to the catchers and everything in between, man. How do you how do you feel our first season of doing this on pod went? I loved it. I'm really glad we got to debate about this between each ourselves and also the MLB Network lists. Uh, had a ton of fun making the list. I'm already thinking of new ways to go about it next year and get uh, maybe some more consistent results. So. Yeah, I was really excited to do this one, and I can't wait for next year. Yeah, I'm really excited for next year, too, like you said. It'll be fun to kind of see how our lists differ year to year and to have the tangible evidence behind it. And like you said, next year kind of tweaking certain things to perfect how we went about it. And and I even found myself tweaking things as I went along with these lists as a whole. So like you said, next year should be a lot of fun. And this was one of the most fun exercises, I think, that we'll we'll do on pod. So we really hope you guys enjoy listening to all of these. And if you haven't gotten a chance yet, go check out the other ones because they were a lot of fun as well. Some definitely heated arguments. But like Johnny said, just a ton of fun. And our, our collective list can easily be found on both of our social medias that lie on the world of Instagram and Twitter, Painting the Corners podcast on Instagram and PTC pod on Twitter. So we would always appreciate the love and support there, guys. And yeah, we look forward to getting spring training underway, WBC action. And we're going to have a lot of fun episodes coming at you pretty soon as the regular season comes into the fold. Absolutely. Yeah. Just because this series is over doesn't mean we're going anywhere. We'll have some WBC preview episodes. We're going to have team by team season preview episodes, just like we went through um, every team's off season. Um, we're going to get a season preview. And um, we're also going to do, I think, some. All-Star Game predictions, All-Star Game roster predictions, and stuff like that before the regular season gets underway. So thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Later.